Good evening and you're welcome back to the Women's National League podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie. It's episode 29, I think, uh, but I've lost count at this stage. Aaron Clark's with me again this week. Aaron, uh, what a weekend. Uh, a bit of an anticlimax, perhaps, with the way the league title ran out, but super impressive from shells when it mattered most. 4-0 winners, uh, they win the league. Probably, maybe, the best team in the country wins the league. Is that fair to say? It's, they have been, yes, but they've had their blips. They've had their ups and downs. It's probably allowed teams back into it. But there's been some ultimate brilliant performances from some teams this season. I think Michelle, from point of view, Saturday was probably their best performance of the season, and they probably kept that to the last second half. They were excellent in the second half. And one thing I want to say is I still can't get over how Jesse Stapleton put that ball in the net for the, for the first goal from such an acute angle. Like, she took the touch into God and then to bring it so wide and to put it into the net, I think... It was it was a superb finish, like to see a clown finishing second in the table. It's it's amazing. It's brilliant. We've been chatting. We've been chatting for the last couple of months. And the one thing we've we've both said was you said you can't write them off. You constantly can't write them off. And for them to do at their end of the bargaining and and not see results go their way, do you know what? It's 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 been a magical season for them to have a cup final to look forward to, which we'll preview in the in the show. And like it's it's stuff of dreams considering they're only in the women's national league two and a half years they're they're in their they're in the third season like it's it's been a, it's been a meteoric rise and it's made the league fun this year it's made the league enjoyable it's it's everything's been brilliant to watch yeah we talked to jessica hennessy in just a couple of moments about that season and that cup final of course that pops up this weekend the first ever appearance at the blue ribbon event uh, for the Midlanders, but uh, we'll also hear later on in the show from Shell's manager, Noel King. I know, Aaron, you caught up with himself and Pearl Slattery after the game uh, and after that league title success. Uh, Pearl will we'll see her adorned in her league medal um, and Kylie Murphy, of course, uh, the Wexford legend. We hear from her as well after they were pipped on the last day of the season uh, in that uh, after that fantastic game on TG Carr at the weekend. But, of course... You mentioned that Lone finished second. They were in that shakeup for that league title position. Uh, they would have had to do it through a playoff if results had gone their way. They did their bit at the weekend. They had a comfortable win, um, but it wasn't to be for them with Shells winning the game down in Wexford. And joining us to chat about the season so far and potentially the best finish and the best Christmas present they could get going into the end of season break would be a, a, a cup final victory on Sunday. And uh, Jessica Hennessy joins us now. Jessica, you're very, very welcome to the program. Hello, thanks very much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. It's been a phenomenal journey watching that loan from the outside. So I can only imagine how exciting it's been uh, inside the camp for the last eight, nine months. Yeah, look, it's been great. Like I've enjoyed every minute. I know all the girls have as well. And uh, I just think, as a group, we've really gotten close, and to be fair, Tommy has um, that bond with us as well. And no, look, it's it's been great. Like, and um, we're kind of sad that it's it's finishing now, but uh, hopefully we get the cup. But if we don't, we're so proud of how much we've accomplished this season. So yeah. What would you have set out as your targets at the start of the season? Everybody says, you know, we want to finish as high as possible. But considering where you had been the last two seasons, what was the targets? Um, so, first of all, Tommy was saying that we went on a good cup run and luckily we did do that. And then um, more of our goals would be take points off the top teams and we did that as well. Um, and just mo- mo- most uh, home games to to uh, win and less um, like teams score against us, more clean sheets. So, yeah, look, we've accomplished that and Coombsy was brilliant in goals for us this year as well. Um, and obviously Emily Corbett was on fire. So, uh, yeah, we were lucky that we had those two. You talk about Emily Corbett on fire, but Madison Gibson is no slouch in front of goals either. She went on a fine run of form there in the, in, for a couple of games, so she just couldn't seem to stop scoring. Yeah, Maddie's a brilliant player. Like, I've uh, opposition against her, or oh, I wouldn't want to be them. But, uh, yeah, she's unreal. She knows where the net is as well. Interesting enough, Breffney, she said on RTE that she plans to be around next year as well, which is even more scary for the for the other clubs. And like, what's it like in training? You know, you've got these players come up against them. You've been able to play a consistent team pretty much throughout the season with only one or two changes here or there. What's it been like in, in that sense? That, because a lot of teams you see in mix and match where Athlone haven't had to do that. Yeah, I know um, one of our starters, Owen, uh, 
she done her ACL and she was a big loss for a while and they were putting players in and trying to find someone to cover for her. But to be honest, Fiona is a massive loss for us um, and hopefully she'll be back as soon as possible. But uh, yeah, as you said, like we did have a a normal like starting team, but still training was so competitive. Like everyone is fighting for a spot and Tommy makes sure that there is two for every position. So it does keep training high intensity and competitive and but yeah, like it is uh, good that you do have the normal like starters and like like Zamarin and Laurie that will drive the team on as well. So in that, those scenarios, it is good. Both those girls you mentioned, of course, in playing at a fairly high level in Gaelic football as well. Even Murren uh, currently involved in a, a campaign. I know it ended at the weekend with, with her club in the, the Connacht Club Championship featured with Leitrim this season. Laurie was involved with Clare as well. How hard is it to keep... Uh, that unity within the squad when players are distracted. I know even Roshi Malloy played a bit with Sligo for a period as well. So that's been a feature of the Athlone side that we don't necessarily see in other clubs. So how does it work for Athlone when it doesn't for other clubs? Um, I think Tommy, to be fair, is very open-minded about St. Gaelic. Um, the girls never miss a training. They never miss a game. Um, so I think everyone like on their team, like me, I, I don't mind them playing Gaelic at all. Um just because, like, they don't miss training, so they're doing nothing wrong in my eyes, if that makes any sense. But, um, yeah, we haven't had any troubles or, like, problems with it. I know Laurie's missing her, I think it's the Munster final or something on Sunday. That's unfortunate for her, but um, other than that, I don't think there's ever really been a problem with it at all or anything like that. So we're lucky in that scenario, like. Yeah, I heard that today about the, the Munster ladies football final. But in terms of the, the squad itself, when did you start to believe that you, you could challenge for a league title and you could push yourself all the way through to get to a cup final? Um, I think when we bet team at home that time, I think it was 1-0 or something. Um, after that, I think everyone was like, Jesus, like, we're, we're able for this now. Because um, like, last season we finished seventh and it was our second season in the uh, league. But like now this is our third season and we're kind of said to ourselves like we're not newcomers anymore and like seven this is really good enough for us. So everyone did work hard and like put in the session. So yeah, I think the Piedmont game was really just when we were like, God, like we were free to go for this. That was a big result for us. That was the first time we ever came close to Piedmont to be honest. But um, yeah, I think it was that game that we really like our heads down after that and say we could actually go for this well you make that seem like it's an easy thing to go from seven to second in the table like we've been talking on this show for the last year and a half uh whether it was aaron or uh, with steph before that or whoever happened to be with us on the show that like dlr might make that breakthrough Galway might make that breakthrough and they've been hovering third or fourth sorry fourth or fifth for the last couple of years but then all of a sudden at loan who i'll be honest none of us expected it um, just came and, and, and never faded. We always kind of expected, gee, this is going to be the week where they get beaten by Wexford or beaten by Shells or beaten by Piedmont, and then you come back with the three points and we'd be like, oh, oh bit of humble pie for me. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying the taste of humble pie this season. It's been really refreshing. But it's, 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 worked. it's worked for Athlone. What's been that secret sauce that really has driven you on that other teams haven't quite been able to do on a consistent basis? Um. I just think Tommy's found a system that suits us down to the ground. Like, we've Roshi Malloy, that an absolute worker horse. Like, she is just up and down the wing. Maddie Gibson, like, Gillian, Emily. I just think we've found a system that suits us. And, like, it's just, it just works for us, basically. Um, I think the more we started to win, the more belief we had. Because, like, obviously in other years, we'd be, like, wouldn't really be getting the results that we wanted. And our heads would drop. But um, I think even in, like, the Sligo game where we were, I think it was nil all to, like, oh, the last few minutes and Gillian uh, got a goal. Like, those type of games, if it was last season, we would just be like, oh, look, we'll do a draw, we'll be fine. But I think this season we really did push ourselves and we just said, like, a draw isn't really good enough that we'd need to win. So I think that's really what happened, like, we just decided, really. I think Breffney, I've stopped writing them off since the time that I said they might. They, there was a potential cup upset, and Tommy caught me at the Shelburne game. I was like, never again. And there's been a couple of times where I've come in and made some bold predictions here about them winning some games. And but it's been it's been great to watch them. And like, what do you say to people who say at times maybe 
the football isn't always pretty. But in this sort of league, it's not about at times being always pretty. It's just about getting results. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, so our football might be might not be that pretty, but look, we're getting the results that we need. Um, I know every team plays different. Like, um, during they play differently. We just like to ball, get the ball up as quick as possible. Um, and just the pace we have up front, why wouldn't you want the ball up that quick? So, uh, yeah, really, like, I know we probably should be playing more football, but just at this time, the, however we're playing now is just suiting us down to the ground, so there's no point really changing anything yet. I've just had a little look back to the league table since I thought we into the league. Prior to this season, they'd won seven league games across two years, and this year it's 17. It's it's absolutely phenomenal, and I think it's a, a lesson for what can we do. And I think in terms of what looking from the outside in, from my own point of view, it seems that the, the core of the team have stayed solid and have been consistently involved in that team since year one. So there hasn't been a massive turnover. We do see big turnovers in other squads, players in, players out. Other than maybe a handful of players, the core of the team have been pretty much consistent since since day one. It's And I think that's probably part of that. Or maybe I'm completely missing the mark here. No, no, I agree with that. Um, we did. We do still have the core, like uh, Katie Shine, Melissa O'Kane, Emily Corbett. They've all came through that zone ranks, so they would be like a core of um, players. Um, like we haven't really had that many players coming out. I know Coombs has been there from the start. Um, I've been there from the start. I haven't really been playing, but I was injured and all. But um, yeah, like we do have that core, and that did um, benefit us. And Tommy has been there from the start as well. And the lads have been as well. So I think all that has come together and finally we're getting the results. And yeah, look, we're just delighted with how the season went anyways. And I think just everyone around us is proud and alone are like looking forward to the cup final. So yeah, look, we're just delighted with how the season is going and the core players we have. I know you can you can't you'll say it's a different competition, but what do you take out of the three games you've had with Shelburne this year? You won one, lost one. Draw one. What do you take out of them? Well, the draw for me isn't a great game, but uh, <laughs> I didn't, well, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> we'll move on swiftly. I know. Look, those th- these things happen in football. Like it's not going to lie, it did. Uh, it did knock my confidence, and it did um, knock me a bit. But look, Tommy was very good to me at that time, and yeah, when I came into training the next session, he came and talked to me straight away. And that did make me feel better. Like, I thought I let the whole team down. I thought it was the end of the world. But, uh, no, look, I, I appreciate Tommy talking to me that time. And it really did uh, help me out. But, um, yeah, like, the, I think we bet in 2-0. Um, we, we did say fierce well that day. Um, but, look, anything can happen on the day. Like, that's what, that's what all the lads are telling us. Like, even they, they deservedly bet us the first time. We just weren't up for it at all. Um, I think that was one of our first games, if I can remember properly. Um, and they were out. Like, they were very, very good that day. I think they did give us a bit of a shock after that game. But, um, yeah, look, anything can happen today, and we're just hoping for the best, to be honest. Don't forget, you got player of the match when you played them the second time after the penalty in, 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 when you beat them. Don't forget that. <laughs> Shells, of course, league champions last year, league, league champions this year, uh, run very close by yourselves and a couple of other teams, to be fair. The gap seems to have closed maybe in terms of where they were, um, where, where the top sides have been over the last few years. You've managed to bridge that really comfortably. You went to this cup final. I think if you looked at it on paper, given the history of the two teams, people would look at, at Lone and go, well, they're odds on to win this. But I think realistically, you go into this probably as evens um, to, to take the title home and take the cup home. Um, how, how how scary is that, given where you would have started the season? Because nobody would have had your level uh, to win a, a game against Shells in the cup final at the end of the season. Then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I think being an underdogs would suit us better. Um, like, I know everyone's saying, oh, it'd be a close game and all, but like realistically, everyone knows Shelburne more than Athlone, like Shelburne have. Like they won back to back leagues and that fair juice them, that's a hard thing to do. So they are well established team and club. So yeah, look, going into the final, like it's gonna to be tough, but uh we've confidence like everyone says, like we don't fear anyone, we respect everyone. Shelburne are a great team, but um we'll be going in, nothing to lose. So 
yeah, look, we're just really looking forward to it. Has having games on television in the build-up to the cup final helped? Um, yeah, it has, to be fair. Like, well, as Tommy and the lads were saying to us, like, all of our games are on LOI TV, so it's nothing really changed. I know it's on national t- TV and all that, but uh, we just have to think about it's the same game. It's, it's another game that we need to win. Yeah, it's a big, big weekend for the club, and uh, I suppose uh, it's going to be enjoyable. And maybe, as you mentioned, that uh, disappointment with the draw game against Shells, it's another opportunity to maybe get that little bit of a revenge on them. I'm sure it's going to be an absolute cracker. Uh, listen, Jessica, thanks for joining us. It's been absolutely fantastic to have you on the show. Best luck to you and your teammates ahead of your first ever senior cup final. It has a nice little sound yeah. to it. <laughs> Very exciting. Thanks many for having me. No problem, Jessica. Thanks for joining us. Jessica Hennessy there. Um, Aaron, we've both seen that loan play over the last few years. Um, you mentioned it's not ne- necessarily easy on the eye at times, but by God, is it effective? Absolutely, it's effective. And the thing again, the thing is, they're coming into a side this season who've conceded a lot of goals from being turned and and being and being caught on the, on the hop in, in, with Shelburne have. So if they can get the ball up to the likes of Emily Corbett and Madison Gibson quickly and, and use their wide players, they could, could cause Shelburne an awful lot of trouble. And I think that's the interesting thing is, is, is the fact that they've got that monkey off their back with the beaten Wexford, beaten P-Mount, beaten Shells this season that they'd never done before. So that sort of takes a lot of the fear off them. Yes, it's a it's a cup final, which adds ex, its own extra pressures. But the biggest thing is, like Tommy Tommy will have them well and truly fired up and, They've nothing to lose. They've it's pretty much a free a free hit for them. If they if they're not successful, they'll have finished second in the league, second in the cup. You'll class that as an absolutely unbelievable season. But like who's who who knows what's gonna happen on Sunday? And that's that's the exciting thing for the fact that the last two games against them, yes, they probably should have beaten Shelburne in that one all draw with the with the late penalty that for handball, but they didn't, and they went down to to Atlanta Town Stadium where they were comfortable enough winners that day. They looked as though they had Shelburne run out of ideas in the second half. And if they can keep it tight for the first half and, and keep it keep it nil all or or be one nil up at the break, they go into the second half with a great chance. And the whole thing for them is they're gonna to have to keep Shelburne quiet early and, and not let Shelburne get up a bit ahead of steam. And I think the fact they've had a consistent team selection throughout the year will probably will help because the players would have played a lot together and it makes for a great cup final. It makes for an exciting cup final, one I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I didn't want to mention it when she was on the show. I know she's she's left the green room as well, so I, I hope she's not still listening. But uh, two points was the margin of victory at the end of the league. Uh, that game, three point swing. Just saying. Yeah, there's, but there's also but there's also times where Jessica Hennessy has oh, absolutely bailed that loan out. You know, and yeah. and that's the difference. Yeah. I, I think for me. She's been a standout player in defence this year, and I, I thought she's been impressive throughout the season. And she's one of my one of my top pick, top picks in defence for the year. And I thought she was brilliant throughout the year. And like, yeah, she I like, I seen her after the game in tears after the after the one all draw with with Shelburne. But the fact she went and got man player to match the very next time they played just shows her her testament and her character that she didn't let that mistake or that error come back and haunt her. And I think that's the sign of a of a really good player. And I think from from her personally. To see how far she's come this year is, is absolutely magic, massive. She's come on so much and, and improved so much. So have a lot of the Athlon players. A lot of the Athlon players have got a lot better. And the biggest thing that they have this year is they have more experience in the National League. I think for a long time, that's what they were lacking. Sometimes in big games, they just couldn't close it out. They didn't have the, the nails to close it out. Where this year, they've closed them out and looked convincing closing them out. Yeah, absolutely. No, I have to agree with you. I wasn't saying that individually. I'm just saying that's how small yeah. the margins were in, in the league race this year. And I think. But you look Mar- at, but you look at, you look at it from a Shelburne point of view. The late goal against Cork, the late goal against Sligo, and Kiva scored in the ninety second minute. The Megan Smith Lynch run against Cork was the 80, 80 odd minute. They've had times where they've pulled late, late rabbits out of the hat. And the thing, the thing that reminds me about that Sligo game in particular was. The players he was bringing off the bench that day with the likes of Abby Lark and Gemma Quinn, Kiva Keenan was coming on. He brought on five player, five absolute quality players off the bench just to get a result against Sligo. And I think from a Shelburne point of view, they've shown their determination at times to to, to push to the end. It hasn't always worked for them, but that's the, that's the sign of a, of a of a true champion. But they've got an, they've got an up and come up and come coming dog, hungry dog who wants to take that crown and. It's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a battle and it's 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 gonna be a game that's that could be could be decided on very very small margins. 
Yeah, actually, just to uh, confirm, by the way, we didn't mention it with Jessica at all. They did actually win last weekend. It was a 2-1 victory in Dalymore Park against Bohemians. I think it's the first time we've had someone on the show and not asked them about their most recent game. So much stuff going on in the league at the moment. But uh, Emily Corbett uh, with the opener in that game, Kira Bates-Crosby with the equaliser, and I can't remember off the top of my head who managed to get the other goal for uh, the winner for... Uh, for I thought it, it, it evades me now, but it will come to me in a second. Uh, actually, have it here on the site. It is uh, Scarlett Heron uh, got the winner with 13 minutes left. That's another, that's another young player who's come in, come in to get alongside this season and has, has impressed massively. I think Tommy, he, he's done he's done a lot of great recruiting and, and getting players. And the thing, the, the biggest problem for Tommy, and he's going to kill us for saying this, is he's going to find it hard to hold on to a lot of these players because the big clubs are going to come sniffing and they're going to come looking and seeing what they can offer these players to take them away. And well, like, Hang on a minute. The big clubs, top second in the league, cup final. Athlone are one of the big clubs now. Yeah, but you, but you, know, what, you know what I mean? The, guy, the, the, the team who've been the, who've been the established ones. Like, there's no reason why Athlone can't do this again next year. If they keep that core group, there's no reason why they can't push on. And, and, and like, you look at the, the age profile of a lot of their players. The likes of Maureen Devaney, still quite young. Gillian Keenan, still quite young. Emily Corbett, still young. Jessica Hennessy, still young. They have a young core. It's not as if they've got a, a bunch of older players, older junior players who've, who've, who've married well into it or players who've spent years in the league. They've they got a lot of youngsters and their underage teams are, are, are doing well as well, which you'll feel a, feel a blend of a couple coming through to them for the next couple of years. And like the future's bright there. Like there's no doubt about it. Like you look at you look at the underage leagues, I think there's a lot of different winners this year in, in the different competitions. And they were looking to feed into their clubs over the next over the next year or two, and we could get we could unearth another couple of gems. Yeah, I think I expect to see Athlone relatively competitive for the next few years. And I think the main reason for that is they've actually bought into the the education side of it and the mm-hmm. the link the link up with uh, the local IT. And there's some girls in that in Galway as well, but they've they've made themselves available and they've committed to being in that general region for the next couple of years. And I think that's going to be key. If, if Athlone didn't did, then the college side win the premier win the they won the premier the premier division. I think they they beat um I think they beat Galway in the in the final of the premier. In, in the league this year, which just shows you, you, you the the quality that they've got in the college system, as you say, and if they can continue to attract more and more players there, it'll help. It'll help Athlone massively. Well, let's move past Athlone for a moment. Of course, second place in the league, very impressive. But the two teams who had real ambitions of winning the league and had control in their own hands, they met down in Ferry Carrick Park live on TG Cahar. Uh, Wexford versus Shells. It was billed as the clash of the ages didn't maybe quite live up in terms of the competitive nature of it. It was on the play, but the scoreboard kind of told uh, probably an unfair story uh, of Shell's dominance, but 4-0 in the end. Shell's won the league comfortably as it turned out. Um, like The loss probably of Della Doherty in the previous game probably cost um, Wexford some experience at the back, but it's, like what can you say, Shell's champions again. But you look at, it was just a, it was just a run in the second half where they just got on them and they just went boom, boom, boom. Hit quick three, quick goals. Alex Coffin obviously with the first and the second half. Then, then Abby Larkin with then Megan Smith Lynch finished it off. But there were some nice goals as well. That was the thing, and they were duly deserved. And I thought Shelburne in the second half were, were just clinical. I think the goals before half time probably broke a lot of Wexford spirits. If you look at the chance that Wexford had when it was nil all from Kira Rossler from some close range, that goes in. They lead one nil. Could things have been different? Maybe. But I think from a Wexford point of view, the fact that they knew they had to win the game as well didn't help. If they'd have beaten Pima the week previous, the draw would have been good enough. And you could see when when Shelburne scored, they were just trying to do do everything. And as we'll hear when we speak, when we hear from Kylie, Kylie saying that they could have been there for another hour, they probably wouldn't have scored. And that was just sort of the the feeling you were getting in the ground is that Shelburne were just once they got once they got the goal and went ahead just before the break, they were you you had a feeling they were going to see it out, and they saw it out in a convincing fashion and. It was impressive from Shelburne in the second half, just the way they done it with the four different goal scorers as well. Last week you talked about how Jesse Stapleton was a centre back in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was some uh, footwork to create the opportunity for herself to round the keeper, stick in the back of the net. Still think she's a centre back. Still think she's a centre back. She'll tell you herself. She that's where she prefers to play. But the one thing I will tell you about that 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 young lady is the character, the determination from her. A lot of players don't make that run that she makes from the from the from the Alex Kavanagh shot. She continues to run and she has the confidence to say, if this keeper doesn't doesn't hold this, I'm gonna get it. And that's the most impressive thing about it. 
Like I spoke to her after the game, and she said she thought she'd missed. She wasn't going to get it when she took the touch. But what a finish! You, you could she couldn't have put it anywhere. It was it. It was literally the, on a on a sixpence. The, the the angle was that tight, and it was a superb superb finish from her. And I think the one thing I would say about her is the sky's her oyster. How far she goes is is up to her. How hard she how hard she continues to work and how hard she continues to how much she continues to improve because. There's no doubt she's taken three, four steps on this year from what she did last year. And, and the most amazing thing is she's still only 17. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Well, after the game, you caught up with some of the participants, both players and the managers. We're going to hear from Noel King and from Kylie Murphy of Beatonside Wexford. But first, let's hear what Pearl Slattery, captain of the, the side that won the league on Saturday evening, had to say about their little adventure this season. You've just won another Women's National League title captain in your Shelburne side to back to back women's national league titles with a dramatic finish on the final day of the season must be hard to, to, to let it sink in yeah look it's an unbelievable feeling last year was dramatic you knew that you were there um and this year's probably the opposite you know there's a lot of pressure on us let's be real coming into tonight and the last few weeks we had to win uh, against you know a tricky dlr side um, and then a tricky sligo side and then to come down to extra tonight put that performance on it's just unbelievable what can i say about this group top quality you had four different goal scorers and some some superb finishes as well. It wasn't as if it was one player stood out. It was every player was superb on the night? Yeah, look, we knew coming down to extra it's always tough, um, but we always know if we're on it, we can you know really hurt teams and beat anyone and have four scorers tonight down in extra. It's unbelievable. But to me, to sum up this squad, that's what it's about. You know, people doubted us. We hit a bit of a dip at a certain stage, but I think every team Ireland hits a bit of a dip during the league, and it's how you react and. Look, as I've said to many other people, you know, losing the girls at mid-season break, like to Saoirse, Chloe, Jess Sue, I don't think any other teams up there competing, never mind winning the title. And to me, that sums up this group because not just the 15 who played tonight and came on, there's other girls on that bench um, who've waited their turn, who played their part throughout the season, and I'm just unbelievably proud of them. Talk to me about that slump, because it must have been hard. People were writing you off, people were saying, you're done, you're gone, you should, could have had the title dead, yeah. and, dead and buried and sold up with months of spare. Yeah, look, people who know me, who'll know me and the team, we never knew we were going to, or we never thought we were going to win it by a large margin. We have a lot of respect for the other teams in the league. They were never just going to let, let us win at Ireland, you know what I mean? Um, and look, the other teams hit a bit of a dip. And we were very good for the first part of the season, a little bit of the second, then a look, couple of draws at Lowen, uh, Sligo beat us. And look, sometimes teams in the league just have their day, they have their moments. Sometimes we're not on it. Sometimes we play well and don't win, and that's football. But to me, it's always about the next action, the next session, the next game. And I think we're one of the best teams at doing that, just forgetting about the week that's gone and dealing with what's coming. And look, I'm just unbelievably proud of everyone at the club. Everyone who helps us out at Tolga Park on match days, there's too many to mention. The staff are incredible, this group of players, and look, to very hard to win back-to-back -back titles, and we've done it down in Wexford, which, again, is just unbelievable. Two teams before I let you go. First one, doing it with such a special group of friends, because you've played with so many of them for so long. Yeah, unbelievable, the likes of Rach Noel. And look, Gemma Quinn deserves a lot of credit as well, coming back, you know, after playing, hadn't played in a couple of years. but. I think all the young ones deserve a lot of credit as well. They keep us young. Um, don't know how many years we have left in us, but they definitely help. So look, it's a group effort. They're all my friends. I love them all. I love them to bits. We give up so much. That's why, you know, you're in nine, ten months of the year. You miss out on things. You're training three times a week. It's four nights like this to celebrate together. And look, we'll enjoy tonight. We'll refresh in the morning and we, we go for the cup then. Cause we Just want the, the last one. The decision to get Jesse involved. You could see how much the, the recent injuries he's had has met has been a setback for both as a club what was how did that come about and talk to us about bringing her up to, to celebrate which is because she was a, a massive part in the first half of the season yeah look a lot of girls even last season like Bambi and stuff who went abroad and you know Jess Chloe seriously played a massive part as you said and then look a few weeks ago obviously Jess got the we were incredi incredibly proud of what she's done over at West Ham she was flying and to get the injuries very unfortunate but we knew she was back the last couple of weeks she was at the DLR game and that out supporting us and we kind of said to her to come down she was going to come down on the bus and then couldn't um, and look just to see her there tonight to be able to give her the medal it's just an unbelievable feeling she's an unbelievable player we miss her I miss her terrible she's a great friend as well and uh, look it's just been an unbelievable year since the start of the season um, as I said to lose those players to continue going 
and everyone at the club, you know, this is like the icing on the cake. Um, you know, we're back-to-back -back champions. The men are in a cup final. We have a cup final to look forward to. I want to wish here under 17 the best of luck tomorrow. And the people say of Talca Park as well. What more can I say? Unbelievable. Brilliant, my dad. Well Murphy, the result didn't go your way tonight, but considering where you were this season and the fight back you've had this season, you must be just extremely proud of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it epitomises it exactly. Just proud. The girls have been so rel relentless all year, and you know we've had to deal with an awful lot of shit. To be to be fair, you know a lot of ups and downs, and to put ourselves in this position, the last game of the season was was um, it was pretty special. To be fair, you know uh, I just think tonight just wasn't our night. The better team won. Just like I think if we stood there for another hour, I felt like we weren't going to score. Um, but look, we fought and we 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 done our very best and. That's all I can ask from the girls, and, and it, it is what it is. And you know, you just you, you just have to take it on the chin now with her for a couple of days, and we just get on with the ten and, and and have a bit of a rest. When you look at where you are tonight, considering it was the last day of the season, playing for a league title, at one stage it looked as though Shelburne could have went 13, 14 points clear, and then to bring it all the way back to the very end, I think the the turn one of the big turning points is the result in Talca Park as well. It just shows that when you got a little bit of a sniff of the potential. You just went, you went running and went relentless at it. Yeah, absolutely. And that was, I think, the last game just before the the mid-season break. And it was unfortunate. And I think we had two like we two draws. Then not soon after it, and felt like it was the draws that nearly killed us all year. We just silly draws, you know, that that conceding in the last few minutes and things like that. You know, just too too many times we slipped up. But I mean, we say it so many times. Like it's just it's a Wexford tradition, and we'll fight to the bitter end. And I mean. We didn't give a great account of ourselves today, and we all know that. Um, but I mean, we we win together, we lose together. Nick said it after the game. A family is a family, and that's when you win together and you lose together, and and it's just the way it is. And it's really unfortunate, and it's really really sad, and we're very disappointed. But I mean, credit to Shells, they were the better team on the day, and 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 it just is what it is. Despite the despite the loss, there's a lot of positives in terms of you look at. In recent years, Wexford have probably had a very experienced team. There's been a lot of youngsters this year that have come in and made massive marks on it. And it's probably exciting to see what the next group are going to do. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Um, it's really exciting. You can see, I suppose, the difference in our benches, the girls that they're bringing off the bench and the girls we are. But again, it's just, it's biding our time now and waiting for those players to filter through. And you see with the likes of, say, Emma and Jess, like the last couple of games, they're starting up top for us, which is, is massive, you know, and, and they're, they're doing really well. So, and there's, there's there's a lot more youngsters on the, on the sideline that probably could have and, and, and maybe should have come on and, and tonight and, and, and in a few games beforehand. They're just they're, they're really, really good youngsters and you know when you have them coming into training and they're under 19s but they, if anything, they don't let training down, they actually give it a lift. They're incredible girls like and they're really chomping at the bit and really good attitudes and never complain about not coming on and they're there every week and it's just, it's, it's, it's really exciting to see. It's really good for Wexford and for the future of Wexford. 932 people in Ferry Park for the women's game. Yeah. Massive. It's massive, yeah, it's brilliant. And it's the fact TG Carr as well saying they're potentially going to break 500,000 views total for the, for the season this year. That's amazing, it's, it's great, like it's, it's on the up, so I mean, we just need to, what we've done this season, it needs to be brought one step, two step, three steps further now next season and make it bigger again and it'll keep growing, but it's, it's very exciting for, for women's soccer in Ireland. Brilliant, Friday, cheers. Back to back women's national league titles, but the, the biggest part of all is the fact that you left probably one of your strongest performances of the season until the last day of the season. Last week, you can see in the, the post match, you're telling your players one more game. They delivered for you. <laughs> they delivered for themselves. They're very, very good. They're professional. They had, there was a slump, but I think gradually we've lost some for various different reasons. And then we've gradually improved game after game after game. And I think, I think last week was very good, but I agree with you today, it was one of the best of the season. Uh, to come to Wexford, uh, who can also win the league on the same day and to beat them 4 0 in their own home. It's just a great, great achievement for all the girls, and I'm so proud of them. It, it must be a, a special one as well, considering like last year was sort of maybe not not expected. Where this year That's you knew the there was a lot of pressure on you, and to come and deliver with it when the, all the eyeballs were on, especially what's happened with the women's game in recent yeah. months with the World Cup qualification. Yeah, the, the pressure was on, but you have to handle pressure if you want to win anything because eventually you're going to be put under pressure and that's exactly what happened 
Uh, Wexford were decent enough in the first half, to be fair. But I think once the second goal went in, in their head, I think they knew that they needed three goals because a draw would have put them out of the competition. So it was a great bonus and a great plus to have that goal average in, in their heads. Probably changed the halftime team talk when we just stayed able to put that in there. But the biggest thing you'd have to say is the composure, because she took a wide past the keeper exactly. to give herself a chance. Jess is a uh, tremendous young talent. She's bound for greater things, there's no question. I've watched her now this, this year and last year, and there's, there's such improvement in her game and her maturity. She's getting better, she's contributing great things now, and I think uh, she'll have a, a wonderful career. And four different goal scorers as well. <laughs> I didn't realise that, yeah. Whenever they think of it, yeah, it's great, isn't it? So they're popping in from everywhere. In terms of your season, it's not over yet. Last year you won the league, probably then the cup was a bit of a disappointment not to go and do it. I'm sure you'll be trying to maybe do things a little bit differently this year, will you? Will well, I think we've sort of overdone it last year when we won the league. But the celebrations were, were high because we was our first championship. We'd qualified for Europe. And I think now they're a little bit more experienced. We realised that we uh, ran amok a bit. <laughs> and... I don't think we'll see that. I think we'll see ourselves prepared properly for it. Athlone are a very, very good team. They've some great players and they pose a huge threat. They could have won the league tonight had this been a draw. They'd have been a playoff for the league. So we know that the cup final won't be, won't be, um, won't be easy. But while you talk about you know, not overdoing it, it's still important though for your players to, to actually celebrate and enjoy Have a look, have a look around. <laughs> the champagne pouring in every, uh, every village. <laughs> You'll be looking forward to just getting in amongst the most Yeah, no, of course we have to enjoy ourselves. If you don't enjoy yourself, what do you play for? They enjoy the match, they enjoy the celebration, they enjoy the week, enjoy the cup, and then enjoy the break. All a, a hell of a lot of enjoyment ahead of us. No King there, looking uh, pretty enjoyed with himself. We had a good night, let's say, on uh, on Saturday evening. Your thoughts on, on the game and, and Shells and, and how they managed to wrap it all up? Yeah, just before we do that though, Brefany, just want to send our condolences to Liam Ward of Shelburne. His father, Liam Ward Sr., passed away. Liam is someone who's highly involved with the Shelburne women, does so much for them. Wasn't at the game on Saturday and you could see how much he'd have enjoyed that. Just, you know, considering somebody we've had a lot of dealings with and, and doing things and around the, the season and just for the, for the likes of that, when you hear the news to come out, hopefully that gives a bit of a bit of light, a bit of a takeaway the the sadness that he's going through. But like from a Shelburne point of view, it was it was it was convincing, and I think the fact that they got over the slips, like we talked about at one stage, would they would they would they get catched when we actually were in four points up? Everybody probably thought that's dead and buried, and they just kept going on and driving on till the end. I think it was a. It was it was one that the league. It's great to see that it was once it was so close in terms of not a lot of not a lot in, and I think it'll definitely be a league that'll be remembered. But if Shelburne hadn't have won it, I wonder would there be many questions asked the same way there was for the fact that they'd gone through a couple of massive slumps that had seen them lose big points at big times. You know, we've seen those slumps affect Piedmont last year, Shells this year, Shells still got across the line. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how that pans out going into next year. But it's super exciting. And in terms of if the teams can keep their players and, and, and progress on, I think we could see a very, very exciting competition next year. Shamrock Rovers, of course, thrown into the mix. What are they going to look like next season? Uh, all remains to be seen. There was, of course, three other games played last weekend as well. It wasn't all just about the, the top of the table. Uh, we might take them in alphabetical order as I look at them here. Goal United and Piedmont. Pease, of course, out of contention because of the defeat the previous weekend. Um, six of the winners, though, they pretty much came out and said, don't forget about us, we haven't gone away just yet. I probably didn't expect it to be that convincing, especially everything was built around at Galway. You know, Galway WFC's last game before Galway United take over and probably didn't go out the way they wanted, would have wanted it with a, with a convincing Piedmont performance. Patrick from Anya Gorman sealed the goal of Boofer as well. And I think that was a little bit of a statement from Anya to say, listen, I'm still there. I'm still there. I'm still scoring. Because a lot of people are talking about Emily Corbett winning. And I think that just put a good a, a gloss on it. And I think from a PMO point of view, it was, a, it was a really good performance. It was a, a clinical performance. And the, any day any any day you go down west and come back with three points on a, on a big goals haul is, is always a successful day. Absolutely. Uh, also put some some of the ghosts of the previous uh, end of season game to rest as well. Sligo, of course, another conic game. Uh, Sligo versus DLR Waves, and it was a uh, I suppose Kate Mooney really dominated this one. Um, five one winners down in the showgrounds. Uh, a hat trick from Kate Mooney. She'll be happy with finishing her season off like that. You know, we had her on the show earlier in the year. 
Yeah, some nice goals as well from Kay as well. And I think that was the thing from DLR, the fact that Galway lost, they finished ahead of Galway as well. So for them to finish with two wins on the bounce, you've probably heard me saying that so many times this year that they, they hadn't done it. They done it in their first two games and their last two games. Consistency's probably been their biggest thing this season, but they finished with two wins to, to finish in fifth place, best of the rest outside the top four. And I think for them, they'll have to be happy with that. Uh, obviously, they would have wanted to break into that top four or even the top three, but when when it wasn't looking like like they were going to do it, the fact that they were able to finish out and get fifth is good for them. From a Sligo point of view, the season's really petered out in the second half of the season. Disappointed, they've had a couple of, a couple of injuries. They've, lo- they've lost players and other players haven't made available and things like that. It's been... <clears throat> It's been a learning curve for Sligo, there's no doubt about it. Like even the performance they put in against Shelburne last week, I sort of thought they'd they'd back it up with a decent performance this a decent performance this week. But DLR were just too good on the day. And as you say, it was the Kate Mooney show. Yeah, Sligo, of course. I think they had 20 points racked up after 14 or 15 games. They finished the season on 20 points. So it did like they set the world alight in the first couple of weeks. They beat Wexford, they beat Shells, and they really marked their arrival into the league. And then I think reality set in a little bit in the second half of the season people kind of knew what to expect that being said we're going to talk about two people who've been involved in Sligo since the start this year who very deservingly uh, got nominated for awards in the end of season awards we'll talk about that in just a few moments but first we'll wrap up the games Treaty and Cork they met down in the markets field Cork ran out winners 3-0 um, as you would probably expect given the way the seasons have gone for both sides I think both will be quite happy just to draw a line in the sand and move on and see how they can regroup for next year yeah, Aoife Cronin scoring twice for, for against their old club as well. I think, as we said, we've said previously, wrapping Danny Murphy up next next season is, for next season is the most important thing because I think he can definitely make an impact on that Cork, Cork team because there's no doubt they've they've matured both tactically and, and in performances in the second half of the season. Probably haven't picked up some of the points they would have wanted and it was good for them just to finish off with a win. Treaty, it's been a, it's been a hard slog, slog for Donald Reardon and the sides. A lot of youngsters... They'll have learned a lot, and hopefully they can take a lot from that. And with the with a with a, with a good good off season, they can they can show improvements. But it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for trade. They're gonna need to try and get a couple of players in and see see how they bridge that gap to to the ones just above them. But from a Cork City point of view, I think there's definitely potential to to move up that table next season with some of the players they have, and they've shown it in some of the performances in the second half of the season. So. I think they'll, they'll be just looking to to rest up and, and get a good pre-season. The only problem is at the moment is we don't really know when the league is going to start yet, especially with the World Cup on next year. We, we haven't really got a, an idea as to when we're going to start. So once we get that sort of date, then we'll be able to, teams will be able to plan their pre-seasons and stuff. And I think, with, as you said, with Rovers coming in, I think it's going to throw a lot of dynamic, a lot of spanners into the work. Teams are, teams are going to try and see what they can do to get players that, that there's going to be competition. You'll see Rover shells, bows, DLR, they'll all be trying to get the same types of players, PMO, they'll all be trying to get the, the players off each other. And it's it's a case of who can get who can hold their players and 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 which you don't do is will will be the team that'll uh, start the season out in favours. And I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a compelling off season and one to one to keep a close eye on. Yeah, the rumor mill is in hyperdrive at the moment. And I think I expect a lot of movement uh, from club to club. I think rovers are gonna pull a lot of players from everywhere. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how teams fill gaps that are left. Um, whether Rovers are going after established players or believing in youth and bringing to a youth team, I don't know which strategy works best. We all shall be revealed in the next three to four months as we wait for the next season to kick off. Uh, before we do that, though, of course, Galway United, they've announced uh, the application process for their women's manager's job. Would we expect to see Alan Murphy apply for that? We know he's been in the men's position before. Will he automatically be the favourite to go in and take the job with Galway United? I'd say he'd be the favourite, but it'd be interesting. I know, I know he's gonna. I know I'm gonna get a phone call as soon as we end this podcast. But I wonder will Billy Cleary put his name forward? It's another. He's had a bit of a break away from it. Could be someone else if, if Alan doesn't want it to come back in. What's Stephen Lally gonna do? Because he was obviously in the director of, in an off the field role with Galway last year. It it remains to be seen. I think they will definitely get comp. They will definitely get applications for the role because it's 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 an exciting project. Especially coming under the new banner, if if they can get the, get things right, the cup there's a lot there's a lot of of good players in Galway and and in the surrounding areas that they can tap into. So, I think for the managerial point appointment, they probably take it, take their time. They I don't think they'll rush it. And I think I don't know who I don't know who they'll go for. Like, would you say Alan is the favourite because he was there? You'd like to think he's there, he's going to be there or thereabouts, but. I don't know. I, I don't know. 
the question is, does he want it? Does the things work and well with Galway United that he, he'd want to go back? It's there there the question we'd have to ask. So I'm not sure it'll be it'll be one to to watch play out and see see the names who do potentially come out. Yeah, of course, the final uh, thing for discussion before we wrap up tonight's show is, of course, the National League Awards nominees announced today by the FAI. Uh, we'll start at the bottom manager of the year. Tommy Hewitt has done a fabulous job in that loan. Uh, Steve Feeney has been in there as well with Sligo. We talked about the impact they made, particularly in the first half of the season. And Noel King, who secured his second title in two years in the league. Um, three phenomenal choices. For me personally, I think though Tommy Hewitt and Steve Feeney, I feel like have done more with less resources. Um, and I think Tommy particularly, probably it would be my pick from the three, but it's so tight between the three and you can make a case for any of them. It is, but the thing you'd have to think you'd have to count in as well when you're talking about Steve Feeney is I think he, he's going to come in as the, the most winning manager, one of the most winning managers from a new club in the recent in recent right. years as well, which is which is something that we, we normally see team new teams come in, they struggle and they hit the guys you say they hit the ground running probably second half of the season. They didn't get there anyone's once. Tommy Ewitt's been unbelievable at what he's done with Athlone. And and the thing is he's brought in a couple of players, but it's been the core nucleus for the last couple of years. And like Noel, if he wins the double, if he wins the double this year, it'll be it'll be a massive achievement. And I think I think it'll it's it's gonna be interesting to see who actually comes out on top of that. Because like there's three great choices there. Yeah, the young player of the year. Some names we've mentioned a lot on the program uh, over the last few months here. Mern Devaney of Athlone Town, uh, Jesse Stapleton of Shelburne, and Emma Doherty of Sligo Rovers. All three have met, been phenomenal for their clubs this season. Emma Doherty in her first season, the other two in their sophomore seasons. But at the same time, um, we've watched these three players mature into the league and, and become real, real assets for their clubs. The worst problem is, Brefney, here in this situation is you could have named six, seven, eight, because all the young players have been exceptional this year, like around the country. I'm not going to name others because it'd be disrespectful to leave some out, but I think you could have named so many. And I think the three that the three have been named, like Devani has been unbelievable in the middle of the park for for Wex for Athlone. Um, Jesse Stapleton hasn't put a foot wrong for Shelburne. She's played wherever no wants her, whether it's be centre back, she's played at top of time, she's played centre midfield, she hasn't she hasn't said no to wherever she was gonna have to go. And Emma Doherty, for somebody coming into the National League to score a lot of go- to score a lot of goals has has shown her her potential. And I think she could improve a lot next year. They could all they could all improve massively next year. And whoever wins out M3 will be a be a worthy winner. Forget that. Just been nominated. I would have I don't think any of the three of them would mind, of course they want to win it, but I don't think you'd lose to any of two of the other three that are nominated is, is a bad uh, is a bad reflection on your own. Like Stableton Stableton lost out last year to Avian Clancy. So Stableton to be nominated twice for young player of the year in your first two years into the National League is a is it's no it's no main fee. It's a it's an impressive achievement. And what is what is the someone who might be in the know now can ask this question for me? What's the criteria? What's the age? Under I think it's I think it's under nineteen. Okay, so yeah, so, so you have to be out. Yeah, so the, the, these players will all be touching that age profile. Emma Doherty might have another year uh, in that age grade, so maybe she. No, might Jessie, be she's stable is there. I think I think the Vanny's is she just eighteen? She's uh, she'll be under 19 next year. Uh, I'm not, I'm not yeah. sure the exactly she's, she's still international on the 19 next year because yeah. she's with Dave Connell, the trainer with Dave yeah. Connell this year, yeah. So, it, yeah, absolutely. But in terms of um, the, the senior grades, I'm not going to ask you to put your head in the plate because it's just too much. I, I'm not gonna, I couldn't pick between the three, they've all had phenomenal years, they all deserve it, in my opinion. Uh, in terms of I probably the Leitrim roots would probably tell me to go from Murder Vanny, but I think the three have been phenomenal, so I'm not going to go completely biased on that side and um, up top in the the main one women's national league player of the year shells up for a double no player nominated what's that about emily corbett on your woman ella malloy three unbelievable talents three phenomenal years yeah, but i i think because jesse stapleton wasn't nominated was nominated in the young player of the year that's why she's not in the senior category so otherwise you could have made a case for her to be in the senior category the only other real one for me for shelburne who could have made who could have made an argument and i'd say she was probably close is Jess Gargan, because Jess Gargan has been superb uh, at, at fullback for Shelburne. Probably the injury may have cost it just a just a little bit, just at the Champions League to miss six or seven, to miss five or six games. She only really come back for the last two. Probably that's what's caught her out a little bit. Um, like the biggest thing is all these all these sort of things. This is the one thing I'll say to people. I've read a lot of comments on social media today. Is 
they're not picked when the season ends. They're not picked. So, for example, they weren't picked on Sunday or Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. They would have been picked two or three weeks ago when there's four teams still in it. So it's hard to say just because they've won the league, they're going to be there. You know, it's I, I get that and I understand where sometimes you see the player of the year, you player of the year coming from the winning team. But the problem with the National League this year is there was no team that absolutely blitzed the league where you can say for straight off, this the player of the year has to be from here. Like you look at last year, for an example, Kylie Murphy was a standout player. You know, we could say Kylie Murphy, whereas you could have nominated 10 players for senior player of the year. The likes of the Jess Gargans, uh, Sylph Doyles and P-Mount, there's a lot you could have nominated. And it's probably, it's difficult to trying to, when, when they're trying to condense it to three player, but it's also, it's a mix of a, a player vote and a panel vote. So it's not just a panel deciding who it is. So it's a mixture of both. And I think that's probably, that's probably where the three have come from. Well, listen, it's a, it's a worthy, worthy recipients of nominations for that award. Of course, the award ceremony will take place on November the 24th. And uh, they, we'll also be hearing who are in the team of the season on that particular night, along with the underage league player of the year. So uh, a big, big night at the Gibson Hotel for that awards on the 24th of November. I'm sure Aaron will have the dicky go on and the tux sorted for that night. Um, but listen, Aaron, it's been a pleasure as always. We, of course, will have full coverage of the Cup, the cup final on Sunday uh, on the platform. Sean Comer is going to be covering the game for us along with Dermot Carney, two of our reporters. Aaron, of course, will be at the game as well. I'm otherwise engaged. I won't be able to make the trip to Tala, uh, but we will ha have uh, the two, the three lads, I suppose, on the show next week, chatting about uh, the entire game. We will have one more episode to go before the end of the season. <laughs> I know, it's, it's, it's tough. We hit number 30, and that'll be it. We'll be back next year when we don't quite know yet when the league's going to start, but we will be back next year to have a look around and see... What's going to be different in the league next year? Plenty of things, I would imagine. Before we do sign off, though, one final look, just for posterity's sake, at the league table. And we'll bring it up just to confirm what we've been talking about for the last hour or so. Shells, they are the league champions, as they were in 2021. They've repeated the feat in 2022 in the league table. As you see there, looks quite well for some clubs. Others will be looking at that going, thinking of what might have been for them. Uh, and maybe planning and plotting for the future. Can we see the team in seventh in the top two next year? Will Bohemians be looking to, to plough up that table? We don't know what the future holds for the next few months in, in the Women's National League, but we do know that Sunday is uh, the place to be is Tala Stadium for the FAI Women's Cup Final. It's a great day out for anyone who's involved in the game, whether your team is in it or not. Kickoff is at three o'clock. It's live on television. But if you can get to the ground, if you have a young one or a little one who likes football, try and get her wherever you are in the country, get her up and get her to experience what it's like. You never know, maybe in uh, 10 or 15 years' time, she might be there herself. But Aaron, enjoy the game on Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a cracker. And we'll talk to you again next week. See you next week.